Namaste everyone. Welcome to the Charvak podcast. This is your host Kushal Mehra. Uh, I want to start today's chat by first of all apologizing for a little bit of delay. We ran into some technical issues as you see. You don't have my green screen that you're used to uh, from the usual uh, work, but uh, my my monitor conked off at the last moment. So I'm very sorry about that, but I'm still conducting the podcast from my cell phone. So today's discussion uh, is about media, narratives, data and the truth. and uh, to discuss that i have with me uh, two esteemed guests so first of all i want to start today's podcast by you know thanking uh, anurag saxena and mohandas pai for coming on the podcast uh, thanks a lot for coming sir thank you very much good to be with you a pleasure kushal it's always a pleasure all right so uh, before we start the discussion i want to lay down a bit of a background as to how we came up and why we decided to do this podcast so uh if you guys have checked the description of the video you must have seen a link to something uh, over there called datareveals.org so today's discussion is going to be focusing on uh, this new uh, initiative that has been uh, you know spearheaded by mr pai and anurag and uh, we're going to be talking a lot about that uh, initiative uh, if you see uh, already the, in the live chat karan has already put the, the link in the live chat for that uh so before we get into the discussion about uh, you know what data reveals is so i want to start with anurag so anurag here's my question to you why did you and mr pai think that we needed something of this sort you see um if you if you were to look at um, you know i can give you generalities and i can give you uh, gyan uh, which nobody likes but let me just take you back to one specific date which is the 17th of december 2012 for those of you who will remember that was a day after the after the nirbhaya case happened and um, media all over india and all over the world were obviously talking about uh, this horrendous incident but three more things happened on the same date uh, simon morris got a 15 year old girl drunk and raped her forcibly John Anthony Vega raped a 77 year old woman violently who was screaming throughout i am as old as your mother would you rape me right he was booked for aggravated assault grievous injury burglary involuntary uh, deviant sexual intercourse and a whole bunch of things like that michael dwayne michael dwayne raped a 74 year old woman and apparently because she resisted too much um he just killed her right now between 2012 and now you've heard of the of what is now called the nirbhaya case over and over and over and over and over and over and over again you have not heard about the simon john or the michael case right and we have to wonder why <clears throat> you know why is it that a crime as horrendous and reprehensible as it is right i mean i yeah. you know you i i can't even begin to imagine how horrid i would feel if somebody touched me without permission right as horrendous as the same crime is there is no reason to overplay an incident that happens in a developing uh, country and downplay the suffering of women in a us or a uk or a wherever else but you see media overplaying these images all the time uh, and and when you really look into into data you realize that hey listen there's a lot of bias with the way this is being reported right india is being reported as a filthy 
lawless, um, you know, overly traditional, unprogressive uh, economy. But when you actually look at, uh, you know, you look at abduction rates, you know, Australia is eight times ahead uh, of India. You look at sexual harassment, you know, India is not worse off than any other country out there. Um, you look mm-hmm. at murders, you look at robberies, you look at unreported crimes. You know, we have some of our mm-hmm. own uh, patriotic Indians who say, oh, crimes don't get reported in India. You look at the UK data and tells you how much of crime, especially in council homes, uh, which is subsidized government housing, how much of crimes mm-hmm. goes under, unreported there. So we said, you know, look, you know, and, and Mohandas Pai and I have been debating this for, for years now. And we said, look, how far will you let somebody else set a biased or a negative uh, or almost you could say criminally negligent narrative. It is time to put the truth out there. And there is no yeah. no purer version of truth. There is no better way of ensuring that Satyamev Jayate than putting out government data in a format that people uh, understand easily. Um, and, and so that way, you know, data reveals is a very simple kind of a venture, which is to say that, hey, we will just empirically, we're not taking any sides. There are there are times where India is better than others. There are times that India is worse than others. We will just empirically test um, a, a media narrative and we will tell you how true or not it is with sources of data, with references, with everything so that you can go and seek your own truth. You know, so, uh, okay. Pushar, uh, yeah, Mr. Pai, before, the, before I, I, I uh, sure, please go ahead. If you look at the bishop's rape case of the nun in Kerala, just mm-hmm. see how beautifully it's being covered. The media is not covering it. There are no protests in the streets. The nun has been thrown out. And the nun has alleged. I mean, a person who has taken a vow to be charged and got into a nunnery has been raped by a bishop. The church is covering up. And the same NGOs, the same people who hold candles, the same people who march in Delhi all the time, they're not doing anything. In a neighboring state, there were rapes happening last two, three days, horrific rapes. Nobody is bothering about that. See, there is a culture mm-hmm. where the left and people who are fascist are coming out just because of the hatred for this government, not because of data, not because of the crime. Remember what happened to Mohammed Akhlaq in uh, Uttar Pradesh when the SP government was ruling. Now, we don't know whether justice has been done. Who is following it up? The show is over. They made a big fuss about it. They gave a bad name to India for one single case. They blew it out of proportion. But nobody is asking yeah. for justice. Where is the justice? Today, nobody is asking for justice. They want to show everything. They want to blow it up. Right now, there are four or five rape cases. And like Anurag says, the data proves that the number of rape cases per million population in India is not very large compared to many other countries. And why is it that India is getting a bad name? BBC carries an article saying India is the rape capital of the world. Rape capital for what? The UK has more rapes per million population than India. Yes, India is a large country, 1.38 billion people. Because we have 1.38 billion people, the UK has 68 million people. We are 20 times that of the UK. Our crime, number of crimes will be higher under any circumstances. If the number of crime is high, you can't take the indicator and say, oh, you're very high. For example, Finland is about maybe one or two million people, three million people, right? You can't compare a Finland with India. That's why you have to look at data, look at the crime per million population. For example, in COVID, India has got 100,000 deaths. But if you take 100, 1.38 billion people, that is just about 64, 65, right? It is not too high. Whereas the US is about 450 or something like that. So we need data to reveal to people the true extent because most of the media, most of the NGOs never look at data, go on bleating about something and blow it out of proportion. 
yeah, so uh, the, this was my question uh, to you, Mr. Pai. That uh, I get that the discourse is never going to be data driven, and there are multiple reasons for that. Human biases come into play. Um, uh, as you know, the famous biases that there is a recency bias, there is a negativity bias, and you know our brains are kind of uh, attuned to always look at what is the negative because of our evolutionary reasons, and also whatever is recent. So I think the current discourse on rape in India is a classic case of a recency bias where. we've had a rape uh, which is horrific and we have now uh, declared a, a b c x y z to be the rape capital of the world <clears throat> but even if we were to look at the internal data you know within states in india so now everybody seems to be hitting at uh, uttar pradesh now i'm not saying that we should not hit at uttar pradesh even one rape is is, is bad enough but the point is that if we were to look at data you know maharashtra tends to have more uh, rapes per capita then uttar pradesh as of now but mr pai uh, i i have to play the devil's advocate in something as sensitive as rape right so the, the fact is that there is a lot of under reportage in india right we have to acknowledge that when it comes to india in comparison to let's say what we call the weird nations which are western educated uh, etc etc the whole acronym that stands for there is a lot of under reportage <coughs> in india so don't you think that when you guys are working at data reveals you guys will need to even incorporate or put in a variable where uh, under reportage will have to be considered into a major way well kushal in this area there is under reporting in every country in the us too if you look at california there is enormous amount of under reporting i read somewhere that maybe 1 in 20 1 in 30 women in uh, the uk you know said they have been physically sexually assaulted but they don't report it because they just get by so the under reporting is widespread in india is under reporting more maybe we don't know yes you could add a factor of 2 you could add a factor of 3 and then not try to normalize it but the fact remains unless you look at a denomination look at a denomination you're not going to get the correct number you should look at rape per million and then normalize it and then hopefully you'll get a number when to compare the whole idea kushal is look at data don't globalize it rape is horrific the person who committed the crime has to be punished justice has to be done inquiry has to be done on that there is no compromise but don't globalize it and don't paint india as a place where rape is there for example i saw a portal which says uh, no country for women no country for dalits india has 680 million women don't tell me women are not walking in the streets every single day they're going out every day they're living there every day and they're all sitting and you know they're all getting threatened is rubbish it is total rubbish 680 million women and the crimes per million is very small no 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 country for dalits dalits are 16% of india's population maybe about 230 million people when you got 230 million people and look at the crime for, for the dalits uh, swaraja produced an article which said as per the national crime register crime per dalit as per their own percent of population less than the crime in other parts for other section of population so we have to look at data and of looking at data then you are based on data you can debate you can come to any conclusion you want can i just button kushal you see i'm i'm just going to extend on the point mohan just made right now i think it is very attractive or tempting for people to somehow believe that when it comes to unreported crimes india is worse than others now let me throw the question back at you how do you know that under reporting in india is more than the under reporting anywhere else in the world why make that assumption in the first place let me let me try but i'll tell you 
I'll tell you why. Yeah, no, I'll tell you why. No, let me just okay, sure. Tell me why, and then let me give me a chance to correct you. No, no. So I'll give you a very simple scenario. I'll give you a very normal scenario where uh, let let alone rape. Rape is a very heinous crime. But even if I was to go and try to file an FIR for a robbery or a, a, on an average case in India, uh, the the police tries its level best to not file an FIR in India. I I think Anurag, that that would be unfair to say that it is the same experience in the India in comparison to the developed world. And, and that is that is exactly the kind of anecdotal information or emotional information or experiential information even that we need to get over. Now let me counter you. with what somebody like you in the in the uk is saying today right so uk crime data gets released where it says that 63% of crimes committed in council homes now council homes are where the most you know where the relatively uh, disadvantaged or the poor or the disenfranchised people live 63% of crimes in council homes were not reported by the victim they were they were reported by three people they were reported either by the neighbor so the you know your neighbor hears you beating your wife and he calls they were reported by school teachers right so a child goes to the school teacher into the free government school says you know what my father beats my mother up or my mother beats my father up or whatever it is can you please help me i feel really scared at home third is cops found out find out so much right now compare that data to to some indian metric you know i know i i understand you know you you watch movies like slum dog millionaire and salam mumbai and this and that and somehow india looks to be this you know filthy terrible crime ridden place right but i would not watch uh, you know city of joy and decide how <laughs> brazil is you know i would not watch a uh, martin scorsese movie and and say that look hey all uh, new yorkers are killing each others wearing black hats and tuxedos you see so i think we need to look beyond uh the assumptions that we make uh and and you know i know that you and i are um, big fans of just the condition of the human mind and how assumptions get made and how uh how we need to kind of work through a lot of belief structures that we have um but we really need to start looking beyond that and in any case if there is an unreported crime that's data you don't have why bother about data you don't have and ignore data you do have you know so i think we have to make a start somewhere and look at the information that is out there rather than either speculate or complain about information that is not there those are processes that need to be built and they will be time the best of countries have crimes that go under report yeah but uh, don't you think when it comes to uh, uh, creating databases and understanding trends it is actually a norm Sorry, Kushal. We just at least I just lost you there. Could you just yeah. repeat? Yeah. Oh, I was saying that when it comes to underreportage, don't you think when we create databases, actually underreportage is considered as one of the variables across the globe? Yes, it is. But why are we only focusing on the data that does not exist while ignoring the data does exist? And that is my bigger question, right? why is it that the position of india or most developing countries is represented through opinion pieces rather than news reports that is the question we should be asking now data that doesn't exist is kind of pointless right i mean 
if i come to meet you and i bring you gulab jamun you leave the gulab jamun aside and say yaar jalebi kyun nahi laya rasgulla kyun nahi laya khoya kyun nahi laya that's a pointless conversation right that that's you know by the way nobody is saying that we should not have better data reporting nobody is saying that crime should go unreported that's not the question at all all we are saying is even the data that does not exist uh, sorry even the data that does exist does not use find it. its way yeah use it even that data doesn't find its way into um, reportage and and kunal don't globalize it calling india the rape capital of the world 1.38 billion people come on give me a break and then say no country for women no country for dalit ridiculous right is like saying no country for minorities we got 200 million muslims in this country which country has got 200 million muslims in the us we got some muslim writers who keep saying oh genocide they were anandati you know roy wrote about genocide against muslim you know what is genocide a deliberate extermination of a race where is the deliberate extermination of race the genocide that has happened in india is against the pandits in the kashmir valley who have been driven out i mean 10000 20000 or 400 or 500000 have been killed they have been driven out that is genocide where is the genocide against muslims again and again there is genocide happening i mean all loose use of terms and our media laps it up and repeats that are the genocide can you have genocide against 200 million people where is it i mean it doesn't exist I... so you use all this kind of term why kushal why is it happening is happening because of multiple reasons one is the political reason because they deliberately doing it second there's a group of people in india along with the group of people outside who are how to defame certain countries because of their own political reasons because they don't like the government in power they don't want to respect the mandate of the people of a country who have elected a government by democratic things and they shed lies for example in kanegi ashley telis wrote a stupid article to say oh india will not get the support of the western powers because india is becoming illiberal how is india becoming illiberal section 3 in article 370 and caa as as he read the ca in the first place ca is a limited law for a limited time for a limited purpose yep. like the us did and as for 370 is concerned is a temporary law which has been done and now you're seeing all the ill effects of 370 come because nearly 2 million people who did not have permanent residency have got permanent residency there's been discrimination against people there has been discrimination against women discrimination the lgbt and you know that is coming out today and this all being rectified now none of them want to talk because why is a political voice so i my view is political fascists all around the world are coming together to just to create a narrative and the media is jumping on and why is that in many countries of the world the media has lost the power with the establishment in the united states you got an outsider who's become the president and he is driving his own policy so the media has lost the connection with the establishment and power in india you got an outsider who's come and taken power the people have elected him and the and the media has lost power so in any country where the media has lost power they're trying that is like the uk too where people are turning against boris johnson for various reasons and the last point i want to make you know i am very curious why do so many people come out to march in the uk for drop of a hat for very very different causes why so many people coming out in delhi to march for drop of a hat there's a reason kunal think about it there a lot of ngos are there and a lot of money is coming in and for ngos are employing a lot of people for advocacy and for this kind of political activism and they're all getting paid for it so when you study social sciences in many universities you all want to get a job in some of these ngos paying you very well because they pay you very well to be politically active because they got their own causes people like george soros are spending money because they want to disrupt societies and then you go march so on your cv it comes i march against this i march against this i march against this so i am a great social activist so hire me 
So this industry has come up in a very significant way, and that is also driving this narrative. For example, in the US, I read an article which said that there are many social activists who are expert at creating agitations, at organizing people, at calling out people and getting them all together. So what does it mean? All this shows that there are forces in society which are trying to disrupt for their own political reason. These are not true social movements. Yes, there is anger in the US on the Black Lives Matter. There is anger and very legitimate anger. There is anger in India today against this heinous rape, very legitimate. The person should be punished. But all the mela that happens here for some rapes, not for all rapes, if people take a stand on principle, for the non-rape, where were the same people? The media was also quiet. Everybody was quiet. And two, three days back, there were some four or five rapes in neighboring state. Where are the people? None of them are there. They pick up one. It's like the CAA, where they picked up on something and they blew it up to all, all proportion. Yeah, but uh, here's the thing. Can, I, the can I just button ahead, on, no, this, on this whole FCR angle? Sorry, I just have to. So it, it's very interesting. I know we're not here to talk about uh, the foreign funding of disturbance within a nation. Um, but given that the FCRA amendment has come out uh, last week, I just want to add a couple of points. Right. Uh, in fact, I've just written an op-ed on this uh, today uh, in Financial Express. It's called uh, Amnesty from Answerability. And whoever wants, you should read that article. 96 different countries have passed laws protecting their own citizens from undue foreign influence, right? Mm -hmm. A study from NTU in Singapore, they studied foreign influence, soft power and hostile information <laughs> campaigns run by, uh, run by foreign countries on the other, including, you know, so it says, I'm reading out here, tactics including covert funding of politicians, parties, officials, influential persons, non-government organizations uh, and media cyber attacks and hostile information campaigns. Uh, this included deceptive and illegitimate interference. And it recommends that it is necessary for states to clearly define the red lines which foreign entities must not cross in another state's domestic politics. You know, we cannot ignore the fact that India is becoming relevant. India is becoming competitive to foreign, uh, you know, to, to corporates around the world. Um, and therefore, you see a lot of this nonsense. You see a lot of this so-called <clears throat> grassroots activism here, which really isn't. You dig one or two layers and, you know, FCRA information is available in the, uh, in, in the public domain. I'll give you one example. Uh, a major farmer's uh, lobby in India um, has lodged a protest saying that, hey, listen, um, I won't name the companies because of because of copyright issues, but I'm talking about the crop protection sector here, which is you know agriculture is seventy percent of India's population. A large Swiss company used to sell a particular chemical, uh, MMIlin Bisolate, I think, and I'm terrible with these names. They used to sell this chemical for ten thousand rupees a liter. Now the IP okay. on that particular huh, on the the IP on that uh, particular chemical pesticide expired. And an Indian manufacturer started ma manufacturing a generic variant for 300 rupees a liter, right? So Swiss company is selling something for decades for 10,000 rupees a liter. An Indian variant, legitimate variant, comes in for 300 rupees a liter. Now, do you think that this foreign enterprise would be happy with somebody uh, with somebody selling, uh, you know, undercutting the market by 97%? <clears throat> Lo and behold, they set up a foundation in India. This foundation starts funding NGOs and farmers to lodge protests. 
um, essentially trying to sabotage the growth of this Indian enterprise. I mean, today you have one uh, Indian crop, crop protection company in the in the top five in the world. Stuff like that threatens people. You know, I'm, I'm sure Mondas Pai will tell you about uh, a whole bunch of uh, hit jobs that happened against Infi and the like back in the day. Um, you know, you have an economist uh, writing an article about Mukesh Imbani, calling him the sad billionaire and all of that. Uh, you know, it's tough to imagine that these are not plugged in by some vested interest. And I think the objective of data reveals is to just expose a lot of this to give people an option to find the truth themselves if they seek it. If they don't, you can keep believing in, in uh, opinion pieces and one-sided narratives. And that's fine as well. I mean, whatever works for you. No, so but here's my question, Anurag. The problem is I'll give you a thought experiment and a very interesting one, right? So when it comes to promotion of NGOs and stuff like that, right? Uh, so whenever we try to promote an NGO, right, we always have seen this one trend. Always. This happens every single time. So when we uh, try to promote a cause, we always try to put, let's say, oh, look at Tom. Tom is this and this and this. Tom has this problem. Tom is suffering from this. And if you pay this much money... Altruism, right now effective altruism says that instead of giving that money to Tom what you guys should be doing is you should be giving the money to say, say a, a malaria foundation where malarial nets are given so how are you guys going to convince the people through data reveals that you should go by the data and not through anecdotal evidence okay this is a beautiful this is a beautiful question and uh, and let me respond with data there are there were 50 charitable institutes, what, what we call NGOs in India, in the US that were spending less than 4% of their the, the donations they had received. Less than 4% of donations were being spent on the actual beneficiary. Right? So you give 100 rupees thinking that you're helping, uh, you know, give shelter to a homeless person or you're helping pay somebody's school fees or you're helping with legal expenses of a destitute uh, woman, whatever it is. Less than $4 out of 100 were actually going to the beneficiary. Then you had these two services that came up, Charity Navigator and Charity Watch. These guys just took all the data that was being submitted by all the charities and just started making very simple pie charts and graphs and putting it on the website, on, on their website. Okay. And this information is available as a public utility for anybody to use. So you don't have to pay, you don't have to subscribe, you don't have to buy the report, right? So check out Charity Navigator, check out, uh, you know, we were talking about amnesty, right? I mean, 30% uh, of amnesty's receipts go in arranging fundraisers and buying, you know, uh, uh, whatever, you know, fancy five-star uh, hotel nights for their employees and things like that. Now, what Charity Navigator or Charity Watch is to the charity industry or the NGO industry? Data reveals would want to be for the news industry. Beyond the time, you know, sunlight is the best disinfectant. You know, you must, uh, and I'll let Mohandas Pai speak, after which I want to kind of take a segment or related thing, because I do believe that the underlying condition of uh, humans uh, is to be fair. You know, we, we, we might give each other galis, but fundamentally all human beings want to do the right thing. Even for very selfish reasons, all human beings want to be more aware today than they were yesterday. So once the right information okay. presents itself, people in the right circumstances, I mean, it, it, it's a it's a very negative nihilistic view to say that, 
you know, people will have the access to information, but then they will still continue to deny it. I'm sure there will be there will be some people who continue to deny it, but mm -hmm. by and large, uh, people like uh, people like saying that hey, I was wrong about this, but today I'm right about it. And and there's there's a segue, but I let Mohandas Pai answer first, and then add another yeah. relevant <laughs> angle to it. Kushal. The idea behind data reveals is to put a lot of data on many social issues out in the public domain, one, with the, and mm -hmm. verifiable data, so it's available to everybody. Second, to create a cadre of trained people who will analyze the data, get the data, and enhance the database. Third, to create a cadre of trained people who will show to people who make global statements the data that is available on the particular topic to show them up for what they are. For example, I'll take name. Barkadat ran a campaign in 2014, you know, saying the church attacks, etc., etc. And there were seven vandalism mm -hmm. attacks during the particular point of time, and everybody blew it up. We had the, uh, you know, Vatican representative take out uh, church light uh, magazine, church light marches, and uh, there was a rape of a old nun, and he said India is becoming illiberal, India is becoming intolerant, and he carried on tirade against India. It was very political. During the same time, 293 temples were attacked by vandals. 293 temples, and these are seven mm. attacks. There were no big yeah. if, if the data of 293 had been put at the same time and exposed to Barkadar, we could have seen that clearly there is an agenda going on. Now, the idea is we need a cadre of people in the public field who are going to put out all this data so people can make their own decisions and understand the vested campaigns that are going on. So this excessive maligning, excessive political campaigns which go on without any data, globalizing a small thing, are shown up for what they are. And I think that's an extremely important aspect that people like the BBC, Washington Post, and New York Times, who 90% time carry negative news about India. You can count all the articles for a month and see how many are negative. And they've got a paid uh, opinion uh, writers in this country who always write, like Rana Ayub, who always write negative pieces and lie through the teeth. They lie through the teeth. All of them lie. And the lies are taken there. And people in the US who read them think is a gospel truth because they believe people like Washington Post have a good editorial policy to have a look at it and they don't do it anymore because of a budget cuts mm -hmm. in opinion piece opinion basis that means that standards are extremely lax for example you know shekhar gupta's print wrote out a rotten article with uh, false information lying and a fake narrative against swati goel Shama, i think and swati gave the data and he had to withdraw it if swati had not done it you'd have been on the web it have gone on so we need a cadre of people 100 200 people who will be trained to look at data put out the data and let the viewers and the people of this country decide. And once you do it against a lot of the media and show them off of what they are, they have to act. Otherwise, the credibility will go. Today is a one-sided field. You can write whatever you want, create long fake narratives without data, globalize incidents, and show everybody in bad light because you want to do it and you've got the media behind you. Otherwise, yeah, I kind of get what you're coming, where you're coming from. And uh, so, again, it all comes down to that, right? So you just made a very important point in your last uh, last segment where you said credibility people who are credible enough to understand data right now here's the crisis that understanding data is a nuanced art uh, who would know better than you mr pai that uh, uh, it's not so easy to sift through the data understand trends uh, look at a macro image on the basis of those trends and then give a fact based statement now, in a country like ours, where it is the entire discourse is basically based on anecdata, not data. 
it is your anecdote versus my anecdote it is always that how i i still don't get it how are you guys going to tell this see first put up a lot of data which we find out from our research which are being mis- which are being uh, misused by people because they hide the data on the public domain so available to everybody second like anurag said have a training course where you train a lot of people to get all the data enhance the quantum of data and third this train people in public policy using data which anurag will talk about again can then explain to everybody and tweet to them and point out your data is wrong and expose them for what they are charlatans and fakes anurag yeah yeah so i, I will I'll, i'll just extend um, i'll just extend the point that was just being made um you know at we just put out uh, so i'd like to give a shout out and a thank you here to the rashtram school of public policy who are helping okay. us uh, create and host a program where um where we help people understand analyze uh, look at news reports look at you know look at keywords allegedly reportedly and anonymous sources have said that you know kushal uh beats his wife up and you know things like that so there's there's a lot of that going on <clears throat> so now with the rashtram school of public policy uh, we're coming up with this program um we've this is literally the first batch and to be honest we were very worried if we will have the kind of support um or contributors or candidates that we wanted or not um the you know you can go to rashtram.org or datareveals.org and still register for the for the program but interestingly guess what we have 183 registrations over the last 6 days now 183 is a big number i mean 183 people applying of the people that are applying there are you know there are uh, uh, scientists and there are post doctoral uh, folks and there are engineers and technology enthusiasts and it has been so nice you know i i have uh, you know we've had these people writing in and says uh, hey, sir uh, you know i've just finished my 12th standard i'm anyway uh, you know the school from uh, home is going on so i have like 4 hours free a day and a very nice kid you know from pune he he reaches out to me and says ki sir do you think i'm intelligent enough to contribute in any way and you know it is such a nice feeling to see you know this probably a 18 19 year old kid somewhere who who wants to correct the narrative and is humble enough to accept ki yaar pata nahi will i be able to do it or not so you know uh, and, and it will happen it will happen slowly it will not happen open uh, overnight you know to what mohandas bhai was saying i think it is important at the very least to be able to respond to these opinion pieces wherever they are factually wrong and 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 hear me carefully this is my this is my 12 month plan at the very least we should be able to show okay look whether you are biased or not whether you have an agenda or not is a different issue at the bare minimum you are at least a lazy journalist if we are able to get to a stage where we just show that hey you are a lazy journalist you made a particular claim about india or about anybody else and we have just proven to you that the information is wrong your fundamental basis your fundamental assumption is wrong at the very least people who read it say that are ha yaar ye to ye to galat hai so and again i don't want to i, I don't want to uh, you know see you see we are not in the job of improving of turning a villain into a hero right people have to evaluate people have to look in the mirror every day themselves whether you're a journalist or an editor or whatever it is you have to answer to your own conscience and to god so i'm not here to correct you i'm only here to show you that you're a lazy journalist you were not able to do something 
that a 12th pass from pune is offering to that's it you know pune kushal you know interestingly on twitter there were a group of people who were trying to show mogul rule was the glorious period for india india saw its acme yeah. of color of culture culture during the mogul rule india was rich etc medelson study yeah. about gdp around the world has been used by many activists to show during every single year of mogul rule india became poorer yeah. every single year per capita income declined during all the time and the west took over what did the moguls do except loot india and impoverish india and they showed it through the data and now the entire narrative is changing because everybody is using an opinion it started by the leftist historian of jnu they starting it second on jobs there was a tirade started 3 years ago or 4 years ago oh there are no jobs being created in india jobs are not being created we took the prouden fund data and proved that every year 70 to 80 lakh formal jobs are being created because there's an organization mm-hmm. called cmie which did a thin survey of 65000 people for some household survey pyramid survey and use the data to extrapolate every week to tell about employment situation in this country you can't do this for this country there's no database except the pf which comes in the lag of two months because the pf data for the last yeah. 24 months every month is being released there is some data it is and the third example i'll give you is about all these leftist economists who came and attacked the data because the nda showed that gdp was 8.2% one quarter till then they accepted it and then they said no no the database has been changed the previous thing had been changed and we had the one uh, chief economic advisor who was the blue eyed boy of the late arun jaitley who went back and used some pseudo data say india only grew at 4% 5% etc but the fact remains kushal every quarter the central statistical organization released a 20 page document the detailed analysis of all the data none of them analyzed the data to say what is wrong but we had 108 fake uh, economists on the world who said india doesn't have data india didn't do this this government did it what they forgot was the base for the data was changed after a study of 4 years and was kept ready for the new government to bring into force in 2014 and the modi government was shocked because they never did it they never changed it they all prepared for them it only went into place and the cso is an independent organization which put out all the data but sadly from the government side they were not able to come and explain so these are all the kind of hitch jobs that happen for political purposes which you can just show to everybody these are the reason this is the data come to your own conclusion and show them up for what they are drivers of fake narratives yeah but this is uh, this is very go ahead Sorry, just, just a 10 te- seconds you know there was uh, back in the 70s there was a very famous editor uh, in the uk who had used the line ki never let facts come in the way of a provocative opinion <laughs> and all that we are doing right now is making sure that facts come in the way of a provocative opinion it's really as simple as that you know yeah, but kushal, uh, recently kushal recently yeah. you know people started saying oh india has got 24% decline in gdp they showing the united states has said the gdp in second quarter declined by 31.7 then 31.4% japan's declined in the quarter for 28% and we had geeta gopinath put out a slide which showed that india was 24% the us was 9% 9% was the annualized thing whereas india's 24% was not annualized it was a decline for one quarter which is not annualized and we had a roving fight on twitter about all this fake data india is the worst economy india's economy is gone such kind of rubbish now if you have 50 100 200 people who are trained to look at data put out all this data and just people it on twitter all these fake narrators will not be able to put those kind of narratives out so uh, just one one follow up 
uh, I don't know who's going to take it. I, any one of you can take it. So I get the importance of data. Obviously, I personally am a data-driven person myself. But what I have noticed is that when data, merely providing data is not enough, it also has a lot to do with the way you present it. Presentation also matters a lot. So is data reveals also going to pay a lot of attention to from the presentation point of view? Short answer is yes. As we move ahead, our focus is going to be on infographics. Um, we are discussing, uh, not right now, it will happen uh, once we have about 50 to 80 metrics out there. Uh, we are uh, evaluating artificial intelligence tools which, which scan for topics in the public domain on Facebook, Twitter, Insta, etc. and automatically respond uh, with very simple uh, with very simple graphs and infographics. Um, so yeah, so over time we will, you see right now it's not even properly launched. It's just a sample of what can be done. Uh, as we go ahead, you will see two things evolve, uh, three things rather. A, you will see far more metrics or far more information that is there right now. Second is you will start seeing infographics emerge which, uh, which take a, a complex issue but break it down into two or three understandable, digestible components. And third, we will figure out a way to engage in the engage in a con, in the conversation without depending on a human being to do, to do so. So so yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, data is or you see the 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 path from information to data to knowledge to insight. You know, each of those term, each of these phases are sequential. Uh, and uh, you know, so it's, it's kind of a BC mutually exclusively collect, mutually exclusive, collectively exhaustive kind of a thing to look at. You know, information presentation, understandability, this and that. So we will keep building each and every component as we go ahead. All right. So uh, one last question, and then I'll start taking the super chats because a lot of people have already asked many questions, and this is for Mr. Pai. Mr. Pai, you you guys have started data reveal, so. It's very natural. They're going to come after y'all uh, with with a full uh, I don't know how with with their full force. They'll try to discredit you. They will try to say you're selectively quoting data. They will try to say you're twisting the facts. So how 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 have you prepared yourself to deal with that? Uh, Kunal, we will put out the data. If they got better data, verifiable data, we will put it out. What does it matter? Data is data. The truth is the truth. After that, you can put in interpretation. Your interpretation opinion is your opinion. Data is something which is very common, right? And we are not going to try to interpret data and tell you a conclusion and try to that other people will do. Our job is to put out the data, show it up for what it is, and people can interpret any manner they want because you know people will twist it and do whatever they want. But the question of data and say the source is not correct, let them show us the correct source. If the source is very different and correct, better data, more updated data than us, then of course we'll correct your data. What do you say, Anurag? Let, let me give a simpler answer to this. You know, Kushal, you, me, and Mohandas Pai have been married for way too long to be scared of anything else. <laughs> you know, it's okay. They will, <laughs> you know, you know, I mean, that's my more basic question. You know, they will come after us. Um, I mean, you know about uh, the kind of people that have come after me for a few other things that I'm in. Look, every time that you're relevant, every time you start showing success, every time you start, uh, or if you're, if you're 
putting information that spoils somebody else's reputation, livelihood, whatever it is, they will come back. They will come after you. Uh, but that's you know that's nothing to be scared of. That's that's par for course. The interesting thing here, as Mohandas Pai said, is uh, there is we, we we don't really have to defend ourselves, right? If you know if you are being fully transparent, then you don't have to explain yourself. If you are saying here is the data, here are the sources, here is the Excel sheet, here is the analysis, whatever questions you have, you just need to spend your time to answer those questions. Right? It's all there on the website, anyways. So that's a, that's a magic right, of being open source, you know. All right. So let's start taking questions because there are a few questions, Anurag, and I, I want to make sure that I get to them one by one. So Jemin has asked a couple of questions, Anurag. I, I think I'll go to you for this <coughs> one. So Jemin says, don't stats or per capita crime calculations that get used mostly in comparisons and they tend to sensitize crime. Uh, but we also kind of miss out the gravity when it comes to the building mass consciousness about it. Or also, uh, he's saying that it is not about ignoring the importance of stats, but stats tend, they don't tend to give any cushion to society. So how do we make sure that in a general discussion, uh, these things are done? You see, and, and I think that's a very beautiful question, right? Because that's something we struggled with. To say, you know, so the moral dilemma is this. Are we normalizing a crime by talking about it in terms of aggregates rather than talking about it as an individual? Right now, if something happened to me, my family, my friends, my kids, I, it would hurt me individually. And I, and I absolutely get that. Um, however, when you want to solve a, a mega problem, when you want, when you want, uh, you know, you have to take a, all, all solutions especially in a country of India side, have to be macro in nature. You, as inhumane, as sad as it sounds, a system will not, and is not, it's not meant to, it is not equipped to, and it cannot. It cannot work for you or me as an individual. Right? It has to work at a macro level for society. And at some point, you have to, talk to, to start talking about it at a societal level. You know, Kushal, my, my, my view in addition to what Anurag said is that we need to focus on solutions and answers. For example, the Hatras rape. What has happened there? There is a crime. Though criminals must be caught and punished. Justice should be very swift. Prosecution should be swift. Within one year, justice is deemed to be done. The police have acted in a very bad manner. The police have tried to cremate that person. Police have tried to subdue the people. The police should be punished. The police training should happen. So police are becoming more, more uh, sensitive and justice should be done to the family. That's what we should focus on. Instead of that, it's become a political activity. Yogi should resign. This should resign. That should resign. It's gone away from justice and punishment for the crime to a political thing. Now, the where does the political and, thing ends? So I think and you know, it's so wrong with the society. We must focus on improving society. For example, after the Nirbhaya case, has justice improved? It has not improved. Is there faster justice? It is not there. Is there more sure. prosecution? It is not there. Are the courts working faster? It is not there. Has outlaw got justice? He has not got justice. Why don't we talk about improving the justice system? Why don't we talk about investing in police capacity, in police training, in police reform? That should be the debate, not a political debate, because for the next 10 days, everybody will scream and dance. Then they'll go to the next tragedy and try to play the same game. And in the meantime, this family will suffer for the next few years in not getting justice because our criminal justice system is broken. We have to fix the criminal justice system. That is the main issue for India. 
crimes will happen we have to punish the perpetrators and we must make sure people are protected that's the bigger thing yeah so so shriram prasanna uh, he has a couple of questions i think i'm going to go to you for this one mr pai so he says is data enough to counter propaganda what are the tools required to counter propaganda and stand for satyameva jayate addressing the problems at the core and better like he gives an example thomson reuters infamous report declared india is the worst place for women which is used by everyone in the world how to counter such and he uses reputed in courts reputed organizations like amnesty well it can be done by using data that is published publicly verifiable by a lot of people who tag them on write to them and show them for what they are so public opinion and like uh, anurag said sunlight is the best uh, disinfectant so i think it's very important to do that because it, let's say 1000 people send tweets to the owners of uh, thomson reuters to everybody else and publicly on twitter and point them on what they are fake narratives done by some 580 women who came on a survey all belonging to a certain class right and the survey was designed in such a manner the results were foregone you expose all that automatically over a period of time they'll be shown up for what they are yeah so anurag i'm going to come to you so reem says law and order is a pan india issue beyond partisan politics we simply have too few trained cops slash judges for effective law and order where are the reforms anurag you know right question but wrong address you see <laughs> you know we it's a good question i have the same question and if if mr uh, you know if if reem ji can get an answer i would like to i would like to have it you know uh, but having said that on a more serious note i think what happens uh, you know there was this huge uh, book and it which you know the, the waiting for godot um what happens is all of us are working for all of us are waiting for utopia to happen all of us are waiting that somebody else will come and solve a problem for us our only responsibility is to go once every 5 years and put a vote even even that putting a vote is a lot of people you know especially in urban areas i feel terrible uh, the constituency that you are in uh, uh, kushal uh, terrible voting rates right so people think their responsibility is over in you know going and you know putting a thappa pressing a button once every 5 years and then keep waiting for somebody else to do things my question to you reem is if you see a problem why don't you go there why don't you go and change it do whatever you can do within your own capacity to go ahead and change it otherwise don't ask questions you see um, but you know my rant aside uh, uh, you know there are two three causes that i'm involved with on each of them i could have either gone and played outrage olympics to use your word kushal i could have played outrage olympics or to uh, you know waited you know modi is not doing this and you know uh, pinaran vijay is not doing this whoever whoever uh you know all that would have come out of it is i would have got more twitter followers but solutions would not have emerged so my thing is i mean i i i i see your pain we want all of us want reform all of us want better trained police all of us want faster justice what we are doing here is saying okay we can solve a small part of the of the much larger problem let us at least solve this and if you want to join us solving this problem let us solve it for the rest of it we'll keep pushing for it we'll keep lobbying for it we'll keep raising our voice that's fine that will keep happening you know kushal, right. the only so, solution only solution yes. is an enlightened citizenry which focus on the right issues for example gentleman made a correct point we don't have enough judges we have 14 judges per million population 
America is 100. We need 50. We don't have enough prosecutors. We don't have enough police. We got, I think, 160 police. We need some 229. I mean, we need some 250 or so. We don't have enough police. And of the police, 25% are doing VIP security in a state like Karnataka. It's ridiculous. So they're not their police. We need better police, better prosecutor. We but let's focus on the issues. If citizens of the, all the country focus on this issue, write to their MPs, talk to them, raise it, ask their MPs to raise it in parliament and question them all the time in the public media, then there'll be a reaction, right? Because political leadership in a democracy responds to the electorate. So let's have a civilized debate on the solution rather than making it a political issue, blowing it up for a week, then going to the next cause. Yeah, so Anam has a question for you, Mr. Pai. First of all, he says this is an amazing discussion. He says, what do you think about data literacy in India, considering data consumer capabilities to utilize it? See, Kushal, we have 1.38 billion people. If you have 100,000 people who are able to understand data, get trained and take on everybody in public opinion, they can create public opinion. You don't need all the 1.38 billion people to know about data, right? You need some leaders, enough leaders to raise it up, to write about it and to do it. And that will get followers and that will uh, go about. And that's what is required. Hmm. True. So Anurag, Tanmay says, do you really think that the Indian public is actively following these reputed organizations' reports? And do you think the entire country even knows anything about these overly sensationalized reports such as Hathras? It's a very good question, Anurag. Like, are we giving them too much credit? Uh, can I give a slightly convoluted answer to this, uh, Kushal? I mean, uh, it's your choice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, no, I'll tell you, it's a serious question because... Sorry, what is the gentleman? It's a very good I'm, question, by the way. It's, it's a very good question. question. You see, the way he phrased it made me think about something, right? He says, do you really think people are dash, 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 dash? You know, a bigger question for us, and, and I'm going to go off track, but there's a point, so please bear with me. Sure. You know, the bigger question is, how do you really know what you think? And how do you really know why you think that? You see, when a baby is born, a baby knows nothing. It has no fear. It has no assumptions, nothing. Right. So for a baby, it's fine to walk into a wall, to put its finger in a spiky object, so on and so forth. Now, over time, something happens and the baby realizes dark is not as good as bright or pointy is not as safe as flat, you know, and, and so on and so forth. And our, our, our fears, our beliefs, our assumptions start building with time, um, you know, which very incidentally has a huge bearing on how we turn out as adults. I mean, most of us don't go back and question what makes us who we are. You know? um, what I've what I've been doing over the last decade or so is every time I see a sorted, balanced, grown-up person, I try and sit down with their parents and say, "Okay, boss, what did you do differently as a parent that other parents were not doing?" So your child is a different, you know. So your child grew up to be a sorted adult, you know. Um, now, what is happening is with each life uh, encounter or event that you're encountering, you are changing your assumptions, you're changing your belief patterns, right? Uh, so when you watch Fast and Furious, you think that every American owns a Ferrari and has a million dollars and, you know, hangs off a helicopter. When you watch uh, an Indian movie, you, you think that everybody is... Uh, you know, everybody's uh, dancing on the streets and, and what 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 have you. Uh, so, lost of a lot of our assumptions are formulated that way. 
I genuinely believe, I'm talking especially about an urban educated uh, population, and I genuinely believe this because I've seen, I've seen people changing their uh, political or deeper opinion, uh, you know, in the course of one conversation, right? I genuinely believe if the right data or the right information or the right infographic was presented to them in a format that made them change their belief or made them just think about a subject, right? If I if I showed you, uh, you know, and if you go on datareveals.org, go and check any piece of data, right? And I ask you, okay, hey, listen, look at look at uh, how look at what you think of India, that India is a dirty, filthy, polluted country, right? Then I show you information which World Bank and UN and everybody has signed off, which says that our CO2 emissions are literally amongst the lowest uh, decile in the world. That America and the UK pollute 16 times more per capita than Indians do, right? But your image is of America as a very clean nation and what have you. Your image of India is very different, right? But then once you start looking at data and you say, hey, Americans are drinking, you know, terrible water, breathing terrible air, because of which there are more carcinogenics in the system, because of which the incidence of cancer is way higher than it is in India, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Then you start clearing out the assumptions that is getting formed. Through, through everybody you talk to, through media, through the internet, through this, through that. I mean, I'm having this conversation with my kids today that everything you see on uh, Instagram and YouTube is not true. You know, uh, it's, it's, but I mean, it's a fascinating topic about how beliefs are built and how beliefs are broken. Um, and I genuinely, I, I genuinely believe, and which is why there is so much of polarization, right? It's always me trying to tell you that, hey, you are wrong and I am right. When you look at any Twitter conversation, you look at any uh, any fight, it's always A versus B. You know, the, the, the level we need to move to is to let people see the facts for themselves and make their own decision. Because if I come and tell you that, dude, you look ugly with a beard, why don't you shave? You're never going to shave, right? If I were to show you a nice infographic which says, where you realize, where you go through a process of thinking and, and, and the change happens from within, then there is a much higher chance that you'll actually shave. You know, uh, we're, we're just pushing hard on people too much without letting them evolve as human beings. And that's kind, it's kind of sad. I mean, I don't see many, I see many people who haven't evolved beyond the age of 16, 18. I mean, they've evolved physically, but not intellectually, not emotionally. And then, you know, it is what it is. You know, Kushal, right. so I'm going to, yeah, sure, Kushal, Mr. Pai, please go ahead. Kushal, in the United States, a lot of data is created and put in the public domain. A lot of people use it. The debate will be much more informed along with data, even though there's a lot of narrative building happening there for political reasons. If you put out the same quantum of data in this country, the debate will change. There'll be a lot more people who will be more rational, who will not use judgment, who will use judgment on data, not just on a hunch or anecdotes, and not try to blow it up. For example, this terrain that Muslim population is going, uh, Muslims are producing more children, is totally wrong. If you look at the family health data, you find that fertility has come down by 30%, but in 19, yes. but in 2005-06 uh, and 2014-15, it's come down and it's coming down. And the fertility is a function of education of the woman, right, of the mother. And data is very clear. Now, how do if you put out all the data, people look, listen to that, they will not go by the uninformed, anecdotal given data and try to and try to create a fake narrative, right? So we must create this data everywhere, make it freely available, 
and i'm sure people will understand that and uh, argue logically i totally agree with you so there are two uh, two questions but i'm going to twist them a little bit because i want to make them in uh, you know in 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 you know in uh, relation to the current discussion so have you guys even considered maybe in the future let's say there are media reports right mainstream media produces false narratives false data and like anurag mentioned the infographic option right now you're preparing reports maybe in the future uh, data reveals has a uh, sort of a youtube channel where short videos are made mr pai have you guys thought of that the short videos where somebody comes and literally you know racks out the data here's the fact here's the fact this is my source this is my source have you guys considered that anurag at at this point honestly no i i would like to give a shout out to a couple of others that are doing a great job here on on, on this particular format there is upward there is the frustrated indian uh, there is sham sharma there is you kushal i think uh, you know there's there's a lot of people who are um, who are putting out information in an easy to digest uh, short format now i am not saying that we will do it or we will not do it it is you know we we first need to learn how to sit up then to stand up then to walk then to run then to fly um, but yeah i think it is uh, there's no reason why we shouldn't do it you know i our immediate focus right now is to is to do two three things one is build a platform of contributors of like minded people who can make sure that we have a lot of data out there right there are roughly you know 40 50 topics on which india has always pulled down on safety on crime on <coughs> poverty on uh, pollution on education and farmer distress and this and that so the, there are these 40 to 50 metrics our first job is to identify enough data around these 40 50 metrics our second uh, job is to identify uh, a team of people who will start talking about this uh, it could be influencers it could be just you and me it could be whoever it is uh, our third step is to is to make sure that this data is available for free to every journalist to every editor because if they get an opinion piece which is peddling you know untruth they are able to verify it against facts um but yeah over time we should be leveraging uh, you know videos or any other tools that might be out there uh, to more actively push the narrative out there and at that time kushal i will come to you for your help you know kushal yeah. let me ask you a question you and anurag tell me from your view what is the percentage of indian population depend on agriculture and the agriculture sector for the livelihood give me a number hmm i i knew that indirectly 65% of the population was involved but i'll give you i i think that's a total lie because even the workers that give i hire number. in my factory are agricultural give me a number 65% i don't know 10 to 15% 10 to 15% of india is actually involved in agriculture anurag i would say closer you know 40 to 50% range i would think it is 43% as per the world bank and it been publishing data for the last 30 years and it is coming down from 60% about 20 years ago every year is coming down now look at the narrative in india 60% of people depend on agriculture 70% of people depend on agriculture all fake right and the farmers lobby is so very big everybody quakes in their feet when they look at the farmers lobby now modi has shown that small farmers people with less than 2 and 1/2 hectares are 85% and today data has come that uh, big farmers uh, who have grain Uh, who grow grain and who benefit from uh, the MSP are only six percent. Now all this data that is being put out 
shows up the debate about all this opening up farmers and the political fight that's going off in Punjab in a very different light. Now, just look at the impact of the data. If the 43% comes down to 30%, politics in India will change. Am I right or wrong? Everybody last year, man, is 30%. Right? The middle class are the other classes who depend on service industry are much, much bigger. We are not a rural economy. Now, if you look at uh, rural in rural India, you know, urban India was supposed to be 35% uh, today compared to 31% in 2011 as per the census. But if you look at the World Bank estimates, we're close to 50%. The world is about 52-53%. China is 59%. And if the urban areas are much higher than the rural areas, look at the impact on politics. Look at the impact on narratives. So I think this data is extremely important to put out. And the data has to be updated or taken a old data and estimate it based upon the trend lines and put it out so the debate and the line of debate changes. Mm. So one last question, Mr. Pai. So in a world that is so laden with identity politics, right? We, we can't deny that the world is all about identity politics, whether it's caste, whether it's language, whether it's religion. Uh, nowadays, it's gender. That has also become an identity politics issue. Uh, we can't help but recognize the fact that we will have to reflect that in the data too. So is data reveals going to look at uh, certain prisms where caste-wise data will also be presented? Let's say in the case of Hatras, right? So would, would we have a data analysis, let's say, where we know what kind of uh, rapes happen caste-wise? I'm just trying to be the devil's advocate here. I think over a period of time, that granularity of data should come out. In fact, I think the government of India and the National Crime Register publish a lot of data by caste, by religion, by groups, etc. That kind of data is already out and I hope it will be much more granular. Right now, the focus, I think, in data reveals is on certain sectors. Right, Anurag? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no... Look, here's the thing, right? If there is data, it should be presented. It doesn't matter how it makes anybody look. It could make me look good. It could look make me look bad. So the idea is to not have the lens at all or not have a filter at all, not have an opinion at all. I mean, why have any kind of prism, right? If there is data, you present it out there, it shows whatever it does. You know, even the now... Data is very at... bad. Data is yeah. very bad. Let it be a public debate and as a society, let us clean it up. Yeah, let exactly. Let us identify that. You know, yeah. Kushal, remember, in, I think one of our debates on education, I think maybe in the minority report, we said that Scheduled castes are 16.6% of the population, 14.5% of young people in college belong to the community. And for Muslims, the 15% of population, only 5.2% of Muslims are in college, right? The, the lesser Muslims are percent of their population in college than the scheduled castes, which are done very well over the last many years. Do people know this data? They don't, right? And this data is publicly available. It's publicly available. Let the debate be based upon data. Fair enough. Uh, I think that that kind of uh, sums up today's discussion. Uh, information is information. I think Ben Shapiro says the most uh, amazing line that he says, facts don't care about your feelings, right? So uh, at the end of the day, you just have to put, a, put the facts out there. And if sometimes the facts show that India has a caste problem, well, India has a caste problem. Yes. If sometimes India, uh, India has a gender uh, and misogyny problem, India has a gender and a misogyny problem. So we, we should never shy away from uh, sharing uh, the facts with yes. the people. Uh, so, but uh, before we wrap things up, uh, any closing comments? I'll start with you, Anurag, and then you, Mr. Pai. Well, you quoted uh, Ben Shapiro. So I, look, I'll very, very short closing comment. You know, I'm going to quote uh, a, a friend of mine. Unfortunately, he passed away a couple of years back, Hans Rosling, 
who's really known for you know busting myths through data and he had said something very interesting at some point um he said you know the world seems scarier than it is because what you hear about it has been selected by your own attention filter or by the media right mm. so what i'd like you know and and i think i've quoted it on the data reveals website as well so the whole objective and i'd like each of us to start thinking and and recognizing and being more self aware of what kind of filters are we using what kind of filters are others applying to us because of whatever insidious agenda or benefit you know financial benefit or whatever but just be aware that a others are lying to you and sometimes you are lying to yourself uh, and start seeing through those filters and filters and genuinely the world isn't as terrible or as scary as it is being made out to be or as you are making out to be yourself i mean each of us is guilty of that me included you know two maxims sir kushal two maxims in god we trust for everything else we need data second <laughs> trust everybody but verify trust everybody but verify these are the two maxims we must follow in life to have an informed debate and i think data reveals wants that to happen so that people will be empowered with data yeah i agree that's the that's the best way to wrap things up guys so before we wrap things up once again uh, when you go to the description of this podcast you will see the links to datareveals.org uh, first of all anurag had mentioned something that's coming up very soon this month i would urge all of you anybody who's going to be listening to the who's watching the stream right now who's going to watch this video later or who's going to watch the audio extraction of this discussion please go on datareveals.org if you want to participate there is a uh, there is a link there called participate please click on that link and contact the team at datareveals and uh, in advance please be serious if you are just going to be fluffing around then please don't waste their time and your time but i know there is a uh, you know i have always noticed that uh, at least when it, and, and i'm kind of proud of that that the, the listeners of my podcast are serious people i take a lot of pride in that that uh, you know when you want to have serious discussions you always say go to the charwork podcast so i am counting on all of you who listen to this podcast and who you know who have been supporting me for a while that you will go on the data reveals website and you know support the the kind of work that mr pai and anurag are intending to do and if you want to support me so please like the video share it comment on it and uh, if you like what i'm doing over here you can go on the you know membership uh, page of youtube you go and become a member of the channel or you can support me on patreon until then i'll see you guys uh, next time and once again thanks a lot to anurag and mr pai for coming on the podcast thank you thank you very much great it's always an honor always an honor thanks all right guys namaste i'll take uh, i'll see you guys next time take care